Hey friends, welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. I'm your host, Lauren Jackson, and we are still in the middle of our Volun Summer Series, our summer series about everything volunteers. If you haven't listened to the first three episodes, I would highly suggest you jump back and listen at some point in the near future because they are so good. Well, today's episode was so fun. Natalie Ray is the kids director at Hill City Church in Springfield, Missouri. And I initially reached out to Natalia because her church is a part of the SALT Network. And I really wanted to hear from a leader who has a volunteer team full of college students. You guys, I cannot wait for you to hear how many college students serve alongside Natalia and her team. Leading college students or young adults comes with its own set of challenges and joys. Natalia shares her incredible story of how she jumped into kids ministry, and she shares so much wisdom as her and her team navigate leading and equipping their teams in their unique setting. I know we can all learn from Natalia and the way that she leads. But before we jump into our conversation with Natalia, I want to share with you one of our newest resources. The fall kickoff guide was created for kids ministry leaders to strategically think through how they are going to begin a new season of ministry. Fall kickoffs do not have to be big or extravagant, but they should be intentional. Use this resource to help you think through how you will train your teams, celebrate with your kids, and equip your parents. Head to kidsministrycircle.com slash fall to download your free copy of the fall kickoff guide today. Now on to my conversation with Natalia. Natalia, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm really excited. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm so excited that one, you said yes to being on the Kids Ministry Circle podcast, but that you're here and you can share your experience as a kids ministry leader. So why don't you start our conversation by introducing yourself, telling us where you currently serve, telling us a little bit about your family and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. So um, I currently serve as a kids director at Hill City in Springfield, Missouri. Um, This is a fairly um, newer church. We've been around about seven years, and um, it's a SALT Network church, which means we are heavily involved in our um, college um, here in Missouri State University, and we are definitely a church that spends a lot of resources, a lot of time um, into reaching the next generation, specifically college-age students. So it's definitely very fun, very um, lots of energy and um, you know it's something I've really enjoyed I um, have been part of I've been doing kids ministries for about a year and a half now uh, at Hill City and um, I'm actually just to backtrack a little bit I am married (laughs) to boys they are in college so both of them are in college now my youngest is starting college this fall. So it's really exciting. And it's exciting for me because he will be part of the salt network at our church where, you know, he'll have tons of friends and, and, you know, there's about 300 college students there. So um, it's definitely very exciting for me and for him. But um, I started doing kids ministries, well, probably when I was 16, to be honest, just teaching. Um, I grew up in Costa Rica. 
And, um, you know, my whole family, we came to know Christ because of a missionary in Costa Rica. So that's also a very cool part of the, the story. Uh, very grateful, you know, that missions, it's also a huge part of um, my story and, and my heart. You know, I definitely love anything that's, um, you know, that has to do with, with missions. And um, But I started working with two-year-olds when I was 16 in my church. So I was the teacher. I was the lead teacher of my two-year-olds in Costa Rica. It was just so fun. I just loved it. I went on to go to um, study at the university there for, um, I wanted to be a teacher. So um, long story short, I was able to, um, through a scholarship to come to the States and continue studying here and, you know, graduated while I was here in the States and met, met my husband. And so I always thought I would go back, but we have stayed here in the States and, um, and we live now here in Springfield, which is where my family's husband is from. And so we've, we've enjoyed that too. That's insane. What a crazy story. (laughs) That's like, no, I loved it. I loved, I don't know why we never talked about this when we first chatted about the podcast, but I never knew that you were saved because missionaries told Mm -hmm. you about Jesus. I just love that. I don't know. I feel like you hear a lot of that from like the minister, the missionaries perspective of like, Oh, this many people Mm -hmm. chose to follow Jesus. But I don't think I personally have ever heard from someone who lived in a different country or a different part of the world Mm -hmm. where a missionary came to them and told them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is incredible. What a fun and like Mm -hmm. such an encouraging story of, of just seeing, seeing how because of a church sending people to Costa Rica, you were saved, your family was saved, and now you're serving in a local church context can continuing to share the gospel. I just love that so much yeah story it is you know i just it was a big part of um obviously growing up and seeing you know it's just the sacrifice you know that many of our missionaries make leaving their their families their country and to me it's definitely a a big appreciation for that because thanks Mm -hmm. to somebody who was obedient to the call like my my whole family my my aunts my mom like it had a huge impact in my family so it was exciting. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how my love for, you know, working with kids started when I was here in college. I also, um, worked with kids at my local church and went on, um, more, more recently, we were at a church in Maine. My husband was pastoring there and, um, it was, uh, so I kind of started, we kind of, it was kind of from scratch. There wasn't a lot for younger families and kids. So, we kind of had to start from scratch and um, building that kids program. And it was just amazing. It was a lot of fun. I learned so much through that. And I reached out to um, kind of this network of, of uh, kids, pastors, kids, directors in the area. And we were able to collaborate a lot. And it just became just a sweet um, friendship and, and just great people just willing to to give you whatever they were using, like, hey, we used this already, you can have it if you need it. Um, it was just very, a very sweet time to see us working for the kingdom and not just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not just about my church, but 
it was about reaching um, that part of the country, which is really a, a dark area. It's it's uh, up in Maine. It was we were mm-hmm. there for a couple of years, and so yeah, it was really really fun. And then we came back to Springfield, where, um, like I said, I started doing kids ministries at Hill City about a year and a half ago. So, wow, that's so fun. Uh, so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on the podcast is because, like you mentioned, you're a part of this SALT network, and you already said this a little bit nonchalantly, but, and I'm going to repeat it again because it's such a crazy number, you have 300 college students at your church. We do. Yes, we do. Um, it has just been growing, um, you know, every year it seems to just continues to grow and it's very exciting um right now in summertime we go down you know we i think right now there's about a hundred of them still in town which is Mm -hmm. good uh but yeah come fall we are definitely expecting probably a growth as well in that wow so what Mm -hmm. big colleges are you pulling kids from there's several colleges in the area the biggest um is missouri state university but there's definitely also um there's Drury, um, OTC. Um, there's definitely other um, SBU. Um, it's a little like 45 minutes away, but we have students that come from wow. there. And um, yeah, it's definitely a very vibrant, very fun, um, you know, ministry. So we're excited yeah. about that. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk to me about uh, your volunteer situation. So you mm-hmm. said on the phone to me that you don't have to recruit a ton for volunteers because of this massive number of college students. So talk to me about like the makeup of your volunteer team. What does it look like? What's like the general demographic because you're, you have such a big demographic of college students. Yes. So I know don't hate me, but I am probably (laughs) one of the few (laughs) that could say I don't struggle with, um, volunteers getting volunteers mm-hmm. we really at times have too many <laughs> it's, a, it's a little too crazy many. but at times it's like oh my goodness we already have like three or four teachers in that classroom and um but we definitely want to utilize them you know when they come and they want to serve they're excited a lot of them i found out too it's it's really um sweet for me because some of them this is the first time they they have been at a church and they didn't grow up mm. in church and so i tell them every time it's like well this is the best place to be because you get to hear the stories you know we yeah. we go from genesis to revelation we go through every bible story and so it's just a great time for them to to learn those basic stories you know and and learn their bibles so um but yes we have probably 90 percent of our team is um it's college students and it's great you know the kids love them kids love Mm -hmm. just playing with them and they just they really um very involved like a lot of them are there every sunday they are very um consistent and they some of them will go to the kids games and you know just have more of a relationship with the parents with which is great um, obviously, there's also a ton of training that has to go into it because, um, you know, they're just some of them may have some experience with kids yep. or even holding babies, uh, but a lot of them haven't had that experience. So we 
definitely have to invest a lot of time and resources in training them and um but you know it it it's really good um we have some families um some moms that help too and they're mainly probably in our babies you know younger kids areas mm-hmm. but i would say about 90% of our students are young adults you know they've graduated or college students yeah Talk to me about that training process. How does it differ for college students? I know you mentioned that there's some maybe college students who are brand new to their faith and brand new to church and they don't really know what kids ministry is. Like I think about me personally, like I grew up in the church. I know all the songs. I know all the like hand motions mm-hmm. to things, but that just was my mm-hmm. upbringing for kids who who find Jesus and follow Jesus in college just don't have that experience. And so what does that look like when a college student is walking into your church and wants to serve? What does that training look like specifically for those kids? Mm -hmm. Yes, that is definitely an area we have been um, more intentional. We've been working on the onboarding of uh, our team members, our volunteers. And so um, we first meet with them and kind of get to know them. Um, kind of have a little bit, you know, just coffee with them and get to know their background. Um, just talk to them about our vision, what we do. And um, we are gospel center, child engaging. You know, we talk to them about our vision is we partner with parents to make disciples of their kids and what that looks like. And, um, you know, we definitely, you know, sometimes after it can be, it can seem a little like, oh, that this is fun and the kids and this and that, but then it can become a little uh, less shiny as time goes by. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you just have to, yeah, you have to change the diapers or, you know, it's just clean the toys and just, um, so we, we try to constantly remind them of why we're doing this and the mm-hmm. vision for it. And um, we do training, you know, pretty consistently after we kind of, go through the application process onboarding um the interview and all of this then we try to meet with them again about a month after so that we can talk to them about okay how was it what you expected like what things you know are you are you in the right spot you know is this is this the age group that's um works better for you that you feel more comfortable in like what is working well or you know it's like if if it's they, they don't feel comfortable. We've had some of them. It's like, I don't feel comfortable with the babies. Like, I think I want to try older kids. And so um, we try to make those adjustments then. And um, we, you know, during our pre-meeting, we're very intentional. We started to do uh, divided up our pre-meeting so we can do some training during those times. Mm-hmm. And whether it, if they're working with babies or toddlers, like then let's let's be more intentional with that age group or our elementary age group, then we, you know, are able to do um, just some more specific training with them. And you cannot go too basic, you know, and that is the Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, like I said, so many of them have grown up in church, just like you, they, they know the stories, they know the, just even the, how we talk to the kids and all of this, but many of them never have. And so, we try to make it as basic as possible for them and encourage them. You know, it's like, again, this is a great place to be for them. It's, um, I encourage also the, the moms that we have, or we have a few older, um, 
ladies that are helping as well now. And so it's like, try to encourage them. Like, this is a great opportunity for you to invest in these mm -hmm. young adults or these college students, you know, so they also see that, see it as an opportunity, not just to invest in our kids, but to invest in their team, you know, and, and mm. build those relationships. And so we encourage them to have them over for dinner or, um, you know, just build those relationships with them. And it's has, we've seen a lot of just really sweet things happening um, with that and mentorship relationships starting from that. So um, it's definitely something I, I want to encourage and I would love to see more of, you know, I, yeah, it's hard because I do appreciate having that huge, um, base of of helpers you know and teachers and all of that but i also want to continue to encourage the rest of our our church and different demographics dif you know different age groups to come along like it's not mm -hmm. i don't want this to be only on the shoulders over college students yeah. and um, young adults like we need moms and dads to be mm -hmm. part of it and um, not just again for the sake of the kids but for the sake of our our students to see how you talk to kids and to see them interact with them and um, just use just beautiful moments to teach them. You know, it's like those to, to take advantage of um, some opportunities when the kids are sharing something that happened at home, like, Hey, this is, you know, we can pray for this. Let me pray for you. Like just different things that they can learn, you know, from mm -hmm. um, our adults as well. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that so much. And I bet the families in your church are never short on babysitters. I feel like there's probably right. so many, <laughs> which is like such a perk. Yeah. But there were, there was two things that you said that I think were really encouraging, but also very brilliant in the sense of you talked about this idea of the follow-up meeting and following up with these college students who maybe are serving in church for the first time or, Maybe they're still trying to figure out, oh, I go to this thing at this church, but my friends from my dorm also go to this church. And so I'm trying to figure out. And sometimes college students can get so excited that they like sign up and they're like, yes, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, those first couple months, the glamour and the excitement goes away when you're just navigating kids and you have to get up early and all those things that happen with mm -hmm. serving. Mm -hmm. And... I think that follow-up meeting is so important because I've talked to some leaders who get frustrated with young adults and get frustrated with college students because they sign up to serve and they don't follow through mm -hmm. and they just don't show up anymore. And I think what you and your team are doing is trying to at least engage in a conversation first. Like you're trying to be a little bit proactive in the sense of like, hey, we know this can be a trend, but we're going to be ahead of the game and we're going to try and have mm -hmm. this conversation to make sure that people are serving in the right mm -hmm. spot. And mm -hmm. I would love to know, do you handle all of those or do you kind of disperse it amongst your volunteer team? Do you kind of, how, what does that look like to, especially as we think towards the fall, all of these kids are coming back or you're going to get an influx of mm -hmm. probably new volunteers. And so what is that? How do you share the load for those follow-up conversations? Sure. Um, yes, for sure. It is definitely, that is a little bit of the downside to this is sometimes, especially, you know, freshmen, they come excited and I, I want to serve and, and then, you know, it just, it might last a month or so. And then it's like, oh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, 
I don't want to get up so early. So we definitely, that is a struggle for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, or sometimes just the day on Sunday morning, we might get some texts like, oh, I overslept. I'm not going to make it. You know, it's just, um, you kind of have to deal with those issues as well. And, and mm-hmm. I, they're definitely teachable moments. And it's like, well, we, you know, this is a privilege for you to serve um, these families and their kids, you know, and it's, uh, we do, these are the expectations, you know, and, and we definitely have to remind them of that. Like you, if you are committing to do this, we are counting on you. The families are counting on you that it, it does take a lot of these conversations for sure. I do have a great team as well. I, um, I have a couple of residents, um, that, you know, are, are part of the team. One of it's full time and another one is part time. And so we shared all of those conversations, um, with our students. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, um, something we started implementing, you know, just as we were walking like this summer, really the beginning of the summer, we started to look at our onboarding process better and just realizing like all these things that we, we can do better to, um, make sure they are you know, there's no even misunderstandings or, you know, just that extra coaching too. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it takes a lot of time and effort, but I think it's just a priority for us. You know, it's like, if we don't have a great team, if we don't invest in them, we do a ton of appreciation um, events as well, uh, appreciation cards and birthday gives and you know we we want them to know how much mm-hmm. we value them and their commitment so um they are a huge part of course you know it's like and and we are very happy they're there but we also have definitely expectations you know yeah and and mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome i love that i love that you can share the load a little bit bring some people in and allow other people to have those conversations. And just the intentionality behind that step, I think is really sweet of saying like, Hey, no, we want to engage in this maybe hard conversation with you. And we want to kind of ask the questions to make sure that you are enjoying serving and that you do, you are reminded that we're so grateful for you, but also this is a privilege. And I think mm-hmm. setting those clear expectations is probably really helpful and a, a really important reminder for those of us who are working with young adults. And I think this even trickles down to those student volunteers, those high school age volunteers. Mm-hmm. I think anybody mm-hmm. can implement this, your step into student volunteers, because I feel like high school volunteers, especially the ones that can drive, can kind of tend to fall in the same line as those college mm-hmm. students. And so I think that's so encouraging. But the second thing that you said that I thought was really smart was in your pre-service meeting, you said the phrase, nothing is too basic. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so, I mean, you, like, you think about it and you're like, yeah, like for some people, the gospel sounds really basic, but then for some people, the gospel is like life changing in that moment. Like people are like, Mm -hmm. oh no, it's just the story but then for people who have never heard it, they're like, oh, this is incredible. And so I think like this framework idea in your trainings of like nothing is too basic. Everyone can be reminded of a simple policy or a simple procedure mm-hmm. or a simple theological truth because 
it's it matters and it's important. And like you think of like the phrase, like Jesus loves you. That's a mm-hmm. it's pretty basic, but also mm-hmm. it's like so impactful at the same time. And so mm-hmm. I would love to know what are some of those basic things? Like, what do you find yourself repeating a lot in those pre-service meetings? What are some things that you remind your volunteers of that may seem basic to maybe the person who's been in kids ministry for a long time, but are not so basic to a young adult or a student college volunteer? Sure. Well, there's definitely, um, you know, a lot of repetition. (laughs) It is, um, we are constantly sometimes, you know, I, I, I tell them all the time. It's like, I know I sound like a broken record. I feel like I say these things over and over, but, um, we also have a lot of, um, visitors every Sunday. Mm -hmm. We have families visiting every single Sunday. And so even how do we care for these kids that are coming in our doors for the first time, making sure that we're welcoming well, that we're, um, you know, trying one thing we have been talking about, for example, is having buddies in mm-hmm. that kids who are outgoing and they're very friendly. It's like, let's utilize that and, and teach them how to um, be a good friend to these new kids who are coming in for the first time who might be a little, you know, scared to go in. And so um, we talk about that, like, make sure you're, you know, um, also smiling and remember their name the next time they come the next Sunday, you know, it's like, to, mm-hmm. for them to just hear like, hello, Rachel, like, or Lauren, hi, like they, you already know my name. Like I just came once and you already know my name. Um, yeah. You know, we, we definitely try to uh, encourage them to speak at their level. You know, it's like get on the floor and play with them. Like mm-hmm. conversations that you have, be intentional with that time. We get one hour um, a week with these kids. Um, and some of them have incredible dis- parents at home that disciple them well. But according to statistics, about 45% of parents are very intentional and the rest are really not. They're not having spiritual conversations with their kids. So, you know, these these may be the only conversations they have about God and Jesus and prayer. And so just being intentional with um, where we're talking to them about, you know, and so, um, yes, I think we talk about that a lot, a lot of our normal, um, things, for example, make sure you reply to the email when make sure you confirm, you know, make sure you let us know if you're going to be gone this summer, because, you know, we say that over and over, like, it's just a lot of, you know, basic things that we kind of remind them of, but the most important mm-hmm. things I feel like is um, what happens when they're there in the classroom, you know, with the kids. And um, those are, you know, the, the time that they have there and having those um, sweet moments with the kids and utilizing their time well, not being on their phone <laughs> right? while they're yeah. there. Um, yes. Yeah, that's so good. I think it's some of those things that may come naturally to parents. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got right. parents serving like the thing, the phrase about like, well, get down on their level and look at them in the eye and engage with them in a way that kids can understand. If your volunteers have not been around kids or don't have kids of their own, those are some things that they just don't think about. It doesn't it's not at sure. the forefront of their brain. 
And so those simple reminders are probably really important to them as they step into lead. Um, You did talk about summer. So I want to ask my next question. What happens in the summertime? What is your, what do you, what, what happens to your team in the summertime? Yes. Yeah. We lose a lot of them for sure. You know, they, they go home and it's sad, but, um, we still have, like I said, we still have about a hundred students that stay Mm -hmm. around. And so some of them, you know, maybe have not been serving in kids. So we try to encourage them like, Hey, we have some, um, spots open, you know, we would love to have you, but definitely we reach out to our lot of our parents. That's the time that we encourage them to come on board and help Mm -hmm. us, you know, during the summer. Um, and our rotations, I think are pretty simple. Like with our younger ones, we do every other Sunday with our elementary, we do four weeks on four weeks off. So, you know, it's not like they're going to be serving every single Sunday. But um, yeah, and I think it's like, I, I think it's great for them to to come and and see what's happening, see what we're doing, mm-hmm. see what the kids are learning. Like, because um, a lot of times I've, we also do a survey once a year, and I've realized how many questions. Um, it, it's just lack of communication, like, you know, they haven't been part of, of what we do. And so it's like, they don't really know, um, mm-hmm. you know, what we're teaching, what curriculum we're using, what is the, our schedule? What do they do during the day? So or during that hour. But um, so I think that's a great opportunity for them to to yeah. come and, and see what it is that um, we're doing during that time. What do you do to prepare for the fall? So we're like coming up against mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in August, universities start back up, all your college students come back. What does it look like for you and your team to prepare for the influx of college students coming back into your church environment? Yes, um, that definitely is. It's a big one. Um, yeah. We know it's coming. And well, first of all, we try to do as much as we can in all the other areas, like preparing our classrooms, um, doing things that we can do ahead. They start trickling in, you know, August, September. Uh, we have scheduled training times during that time. Mm-hmm. We try to clear a lot of our time so that we are available for all of those onboarding um, interviews and yeah. um, applications and um, all of this. So. It does take, um, you know, that time. Obviously, it also when our lot, a lot of our families start coming back, so our numbers mm-hmm. go up. Um, usually by the end, middle of August, end of August, we definitely see uh, big numbers. And so um, we start reaching out to them. Really, I, we were just talking about that this week. It's like we need to start reaching out to the, to the students that are gone um, to make sure they are still planning on coming back in the fall. So it does take a lot of yeah, texting, emailing, yeah. calling them so that we can put them on the schedule. Um, so they know, you know, as soon as they get back, this is your schedule, this is when you start. And, um, and then that training, of course, you know, will be we, we are de- heavily on that probably, you know, September, by then, most of them are already in town. And so we start doing those. Um, we try to do lunch on Sunday for them, you know, food, anytime you have college students, food is a big part of it. If you don't yes. have food, don't even bother. Like, yeah. <laughs> but if you, uh, you just need to have food for them. And so, um, we try to do those. Yeah. On Sunday, 
after church. Uh, we'll we'll have lunch for them and then do uh, training um, as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but yeah, that will definitely take up a lot of our time in September and end yeah. of August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome that you guys are already planning for that. Like things like keeping my schedule open so that we can take lunches and take coffees and and be more available for these kids coming back. And I think just reaching out in general of just saying like, hey, it's July or it's almost July when we're recording this Mm -hmm. and we can begin to have those conversations of saying like, hey, we're so excited for you to be back in our ministry. Let me know. Like all of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things um, are being really intentional and building your teams and not just waiting. Like I feel like sometimes kids ministry leaders can fall into the place of they just sit and wait. Mm-hmm. But you guys yeah. are not in that spot. Like It sounds like to me, you guys are really trying to be proactive and really trying to be intentional with the leaders that you have, but also prepare for the rhythm that your church kind of follows of this school calendar kind of rhythm because mm-hmm. you're in a very large college town. And mm-hmm. I think that I can commend you for your intentionality behind that. And it's so encouraging to those kids ministry leaders who even this can be with any volunteer. Maybe you have a family mm-hmm. or a couple volunteers who check out for the summer. I know in Colorado, so many of our volunteers are like, bye, we're in the mountains mm-hmm. every weekend for the summer and we'll see you in the fall. And so what does it look like to reach out to those families and connect with them in July and say, hey, we're so excited for you to come back. We hope you've enjoyed your time in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Can we count on you to serve kind of in August or September? And I think taking those steps, one shows that you listened as a leader, that you're paying attention and that you haven't just forgot about them because they're not giving mm-hmm. you something, right? They're not serving for you and your ministry. And I think caring about them regardless of their serving kind of availability in that season, it matters in the long run as we care for volunteers well. And so I think you guys are doing a great job. Um, What is your favorite thing about having college students serve in your ministry? Honestly, there's so many things. I, you know, my husband and I, that has been an age group that we've invested in since, our kids were little since we were, you know, young. Um, we've just loved serving in that area and connecting with them, investing in them. We've seen um, the benefit and, and some of them don't have great family dynamics. Um, they haven't grown up, you know, sometimes with even both parents. And so we've definitely had even had them in our house a lot for mm. dinner for just and and we hear them a lot of them you know have grown up been now their parents themselves and and we hear that from them you know it's like just being in 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 homes and seeing just how husband and wife like that dynamic how you interact or being with your kids and how you interact with them um, um so i definitely have just I, I love that age group and um, I'll be honest, it has changed a lot over the years. I think it just generations and social media and just there's a lot of things that go into it. But I recently actually read this book. It's called um, A New Kind of Diversity um, because we come from 
you know, when I was growing up, I didn't have social media, didn't mm-hmm. have internet really for till I was in college. Um, so it's just there, you still you, you start to see the gap more and more. Yeah. As I get older and, and you just start to you kind of have to re engage, like relearn, like, just get to know them, really better. How can I encourage you? How can I um, bring you into the vision for what we're doing as well. And mm-hmm. um, so it, it definitely takes a lot of researching and learning and um, things that maybe worked, you know, even 10 years ago, it, it just doesn't work anymore. And you kind of have to adapt and be flexible and, and learn to work with, with these um, generations and this mm-hmm. age group. But um, I love their energy. They, you know, they, they're very, very vulnerable in a way, like just the way you see them interact with the kids and um, they love them well. They, you know, I feel like they are so fun in the classroom as well. Like I said, our kids love just running around with them. And um, I actually, sometimes it's like, okay, you need to bring it down a notch. Like, you know, it's just, you can't yeah. be wrestling. No, we can't like, be wrestling in the classroom. Don't be so fun. Don't be too fun. Only be a little bit of fun. <laughs> a little fun. You have to bring it down. You have to have those conversations too. You know, it's like some, we have a lot of boys for some reason, especially in our older grades, like fourth mm-hmm. and fifth grade. It's like pretty much 90% boys and like 10% girls. Yeah. It's kind of funny. But so it's so valuable to have those college age um, guys in there. Oh my, mm-hmm. they just, these kids love them. And, um, and I think they, they're starting to learn to what those discipleship relationships, what it looks like. Um, some of them, like I said, they'll go to their games and Mm -hmm. their families have them over for dinner. You know, it's just, um, I love seeing that. I love seeing the growth as well. And, and for some of them that have never heard some of the Bible stories, you know, it's like, you know, to hear sometimes like, wow, I didn't know that. I've, I never heard that story. Like David and Goliath, I'd never heard that story. Like, um, and just even to see those, you know, just the Bible coming alive, you know, for them as well. Um, so yeah, there, there's so much goodness, you know, and, yeah. and having that age group engage and serve. Um, there's many areas I'm knowing churches where they can serve, you know, uh, yeah. But I definitely, even the teaching part, we have a, a guy now that started to to teach the lesson to our fourth and fifth graders. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I was thinking like, this is so good for you. This really, yeah. you know, if, if you, because he wants to go into ministry eventually. And so it's like, if if you can teach a lesson and bring it down to a, uh, the level for, you know, fourth, fifth graders, like that's mm-hmm. a great um, tool. Oh, yeah. It just, it teaches you so much. Um, so yes, yep. that's awesome. I love that. So the last question we always ask on our podcast is if you were talking to someone brand new in kids ministry, so a brand new leader or staff member, what would be your words of encouragement or advice? Hmm. Yes. Yeah, so many things that come to mind. I, I will say for, for me, a huge thing you know, when, when I was kind of starting to, to be in that role of kids ministry, um, was reaching out to other, Mm -hmm. um, 
kids director, kids pastors in the area, collaborating, asking questions. And I know now there is so much out there in terms of podcasts and books and um, there's definitely a lot out there, which is great. It, it's such mm-hmm. a great tool. Um, but to have people in, in, you know, it's like right now, even when I was, when we were in Maine, we, we had that, you know, like I said, and now there's also this group of, um, kids, pastors, kids, directors in the area. And we try to meet every month or so. Um, it's just very encouraging. Um, sometimes, you know, you always learn something new. You can yeah. identify with each other, um, kind of go through that together. I also have a great team of um, moms as well that we also try to meet at least once a month or so. And um, it's great for me to run ideas by them. Like, what do you think if we do this? Will that work, you know, for this age group? And um, just having a a team of people that, you know, can can come along this with you for sure. Mm -hmm. And... um, I think definitely prayer, like, um, it, it just accomplishes much like in times of, you know, discouragement or times of, um, not having the resources you need. Again, I, I am, I feel very, very much, um, blessed in many ways, um, at our church, not just, I feel very supported in many ways, our leadership, um, and, and just, you know, I don't struggle, you know, to find these uh, teachers and team yeah. members. So it's definitely a, a blessing. Uh, but there's definitely times, you know, it's like you you can see praying for your team, praying when there's a need, like we need a teacher for this age group. And, and then you see God just provide that right person for that. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's great. It's it just, um, you are not alone. You know, there's just, not just it's um, yeah. Is God just guiding you through it and, and giving you wisdom, but also just seeking those people and in, in, that are can come out alongside you and walk with you through through this is definitely very important. Yeah, I love that so much. That is so encouraging. Find your people and pray. Mm-hmm. It sounds mm-hmm. simple, but it is. It is. Those are the things. It's like you know you. Yeah, you come, a lot of times you try different things, you yep. fail in a lot of things, but um, there's nothing like like that, that, you know, it's like the people around you and, and prayer and uh, seeking God's wisdom is just, that's it. You know, there's yeah. no magic formula. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Natalia, thank you so much for sharing. We will link some of those things Um, like the salt network and the book you referenced about kind of like the next generation. Um, We'll link those in the show notes so people can find them. And um, if people want to ask you more questions about leading college students, is there a place where they can find you to ask you more questions? Sure. Yes. Um, I can give you my email and it's very simple. Natalia at Hill City sgf.org so um yeah any anything yep awesome so we'll link we'll also put your email in the show notes in case anybody has any more questions but thank you so much for being on the podcast this was so great and so encouraging and so fun to hear about just how 
your church is in a unique community and serving kind of a fun um, demographic of college students and how I think you are leading them really well. So I am so encouraged by the way that you and your team are leading. And I think it's going to be a huge encouragement to those listening. So I'm so grateful that you were able to jump on the podcast. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, it was really fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. I loved this conversation with Natalia so much. And I was so encouraged by her team's willingness to continue to try new things and tweak programs to make them fit for what they need for their ministries. If you have students or young adults on your team, I hope that you took away some practical steps on how to lead and invest in the next generation of leaders. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.